get a running start to it uh, as well uh, today. And it is early in the Christmas season, and, uh, and so I don't want to preach all the Christmas story. Uh, this early in the month we'll be getting into things, but we're going to be in Luke 1. This is part of the Christmas story. Uh, but before I read our text, uh, earlier in the week I was overhearing or was listening to conversation my wife was having uh, with uh, Melanie, uh, and uh, they were talking about uh, cousins and, and all of the kind of, uh, there's a table of, uh, what's it called, consanguinity, table of consanguinity, which is, you know, you're a cousin uh, or you are a first cousin once removed, twice removed, thrice removed, second, third cousins, uh, once, twice, thrice removed, and they were trying to figure out who somebody was, and for the life of me, I can't remember exactly who it was they were talking about, uh, but I think the conclusion was that they were a cousin, uh, first cousin, first removed? I don't even know. Uh, and uh, First cousin once removed. It's confusing. In fact, I even printed out uh, the whole table uh, here today. Uh, and uh, so anyways, uh, here's a homework assignment. What I, we're going to be talking about Elizabeth and Mary. And the Bible says uh, that they were cousins. Uh, and, uh, and so John the Baptist uh, and Jesus uh, are also cousins. So the homework assignment, $50 gift card to wherever you want. Uh, if you come up to me and show me, show me the work, like a math, all right, uh, and tell me what kind of cousins John the Baptist uh, and Jesus are, all right? Uh, and, uh, and it's harder than you think. Uh, and, uh, and I'm going to act like I know, but I don't know. Uh, but uh, you've got to show your work uh, when you come up and tell me. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter number 1. Uh, and it just reminded me as they were talking, and I come about my messages in many different ways. And so as I heard them talking, I thought about all that stuff and then some, spent some time uh, in Luke chapter number one. Uh, but then some other things kind of uh, came to my mind as I read. I'd like to invite you to stand. You've been sitting for a while. We're going to read Luke chapter number one uh, in verse 41 uh, down through verse 44. And then we're going to get a running start at some things and just give you a couple of takeaways from Luke chapter number one today. And again, thank you for being with us if you are busy. And the Bible reads in Luke 1 verse 41, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she spake out of, uh, with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this message this morning. Speak to our hearts, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Um, one thing, just to kind of jump out right at the beginning, unless there's any confusion, and I know there are people who are visiting from uh, different faith backgrounds and, and stuff like that, but uh, the Bible is our final rule of faith and practice. Uh, as Christians, everything we know about God comes from the Word of God, uh, and we are to then um, let the Bible dictate what we teach, what I preach, uh, what we teach, what we believe, and uh, as a Baptist church, um, we don't believe in worshiping Mary. Mary's the mother of Jesus, uh, but to elevate her beyond what the Word of God elevates her is, is not something that we should do, and it's called Mariology. And, uh, and if you have questions about that, we can uh, certainly, um, I can certainly help you with it. Uh, but Mary was blessed uh, to be used of God uh, in this way. Uh, and, uh, and back then, uh, for uh, Jewish people, 
uh, when, uh, when you're about, when you want to, ha- when you're having a baby, you're pregnant, you're going to have a baby, everybody rooted for uh, team boy. Uh, everybody wanted to have a boy. And here's why, because they knew uh, that the Messiah uh, was going to be born through them. Uh, and so everybody longed for that. So if, you know, I know there's lots of gender reveals today with the blue and the pink. And um, by the way, there's two. Uh, and I'll just throw that out there as another way to meddle uh, this morning. Uh, but uh, but um, they would hope for that. So one kind of takeaway I hope you see through this story is that Elizabeth, when the announcement of Elizabeth's pregnancy uh, in the first part of this chapter came, uh, and uh, they knew um, what their son, uh, who he was going to be, what his name was going to be, and what his purpose is, and and, uh, the plan that God had for him. And later on, as we look at this part of of the text, uh, we can see that Elizabeth was blessed. She was thankful uh, that God... Uh, use Mary and that Mary was going to be the mother of the Messiah. We don't see any bitterness. We don't see any jealousy uh, between these two women uh, in this passage of Scripture. Uh, and, uh, and so um, we're going to jump back just a little bit in chapter number 1. If you would please look at verse number... Uh, we'll start reading in verse number 13 of chapter number 1. And again, this is talking about the days of Herod. It's all part of the Christmas story. Uh, and this is the announcement that the angel Gabriel is giving to Zacharias uh, about, uh, about how his wife uh, is going to have John uh, the baptizer. We call him John uh, the Baptist. But the angel said in verse 13, But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, Thou shalt call his name John, all right? So they were a little bit older uh, and beyond the years of, uh, that people would normally have uh, a baby. And they'd been praying that God would give them a child. Uh, and the angel said, don't worry, uh, your wife is going to have a baby. Verse 14, and they shall have joy and gladness and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Now, if you think of the theology of when the Holy Spirit of God was given uh, to the local church, to those who are saved in the book of Acts, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God filled people, the Spirit of God came upon people uh, in, in many different ways. And so the Bible is teaching us that John the Baptist, in utero, right, as he is in his mother's womb, uh, is filled Uh, with the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, And it says in verse 16, And many of the children of Israel shall he turn uh, turn to the Lord their God, and he shall go before him in the Spirit and the power of life. So if you think of human nature a little bit, um, everybody is rooting for for God to use them uh, to bring the Messiah uh, into into the world. However, uh, if they were students of the Bible and the Old Testament, they knew it would come from a virgin birth, all right? And uh, so uh, right away he finds out his wife uh, is going to have a child, uh, and she's later conceived. We read about that in verse number 24. Uh, and so there's probably a little bit of excitement. She's beyond, she's beyond the age uh, that this normally takes place, and not to get into all the biology today, uh, but uh, she's a little bit older. Uh, the angel tells him, your wife is going to have a baby. And, uh, and maybe first thought could have been like, this is it. Um, my wife uh, is going to have uh, the Messiah. 
Uh, and, uh, but then partway through that, you know, kind of maybe the roller coaster of emotions, she's going to have a baby. And then the angel says, this baby is going to be a, a forerunner. Uh, this baby is going to uh, turn the hearts uh, of the children of Israel towards their God. Verse 17, and he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias or Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children uh, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am old, I'm an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. And so God says through the angel, this is going to happen. And then he kind of has in a, in a moment, almost like Abraham and Sarah, this moment of like, like how can this happen? Uh, we're too old for this. And the Bible teaches us that the angel Gabriel said in verse 19, uh, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. Uh, and then basically tells them, we're going to make you uh, dumb. You're not going to be able to speak uh, because uh, you uh, didn't believe my words. So because he had that moment of doubt uh, that the angel was speaking to him, uh, he was struck then with dumbness and didn't speak uh, until we read later on uh, in the passage of Scripture when he's announcing to their family that the baby that, that was born to them was going to be named John. They're like, whoa, time out, because uh, that wasn't a family name. Uh, so Zacharias and Elizabeth, people, you know, uh, as uh, they went through everything, they figured that uh, the baby's name was going to be Zacharias. Uh, and, uh, but um, so Zacharias later on writes, he asked for something to write down and says his name is going to be John. And then when he did that, uh, then his mouth was opened and he could speak again. Uh, and we read about that later on, which we can't get uh, into because of time. Verse 21 says, And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And he was a priest. Uh, and when he came out, could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thus saith the Lord dealt with me, thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. And of course, in uh, that time, and uh, you know, uh, barrenness, uh, not having children, uh, was uh, something that uh, women, um, they didn't want. Uh, they, they wanted to be fruitful and, uh, and, and to have children. So it grieved her. And so their prayers were answered, and she hid it uh, for, for five months. Then verse 26, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and virgins, the virgin's name was Mary. And we read about that in other gospel accounts prophesied in, in the Old Testament uh, that, that Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ was going to be born to a virgin and not a maiden. Uh, and the words are very, very important. So, uh, so this is being, uh, being told. Now, again, um, they, Elizabeth and, and, uh, and her husband uh, hoped, like many Jewish people, that the Messiah would be born through them. Uh, they understood what their son, John, what his role was going to be. And still at that point had no idea uh, that cousin Mary and Joseph, that God was going to be using them. 
in this way. So they hid the pregnancy for, for five months. In the sixth month, uh, there's kind of an uh, interjection in this story in Luke. And also remember, Luke, by, by trade or whatever, Luke was a physician. So Luke, uh, the apostle, is writing uh, the book of Luke under inspiration of God. And God is using him to pen these words He's breathing them, God breathed verbal plenary inspiration. It's how God used all these authors in the Bible to write uh, the Scripture. Uh, and that's important to note because of uh, something I'm going to mention here uh, in just a, a couple of minutes. Verse 28, The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And, and she is. She's blessed, but she's not to be worshipped. Uh, and she was not a perpetual virgin. Jesus had brothers and sisters. Uh, and, and so be very careful uh, about uh, uh, Mariology and those, uh, those things. And, uh, but blessed, highly favored and blessed. Verse 30, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be the son of the highest uh, called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom uh, there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God." And uh, in that, in the book of Luke, uh, is the expression of the virgin birth. And, uh, and she, you know, just like Elizabeth, they're like, man, how can this be? I, I'm, I'm too old. Uh, Mary's like, how am I going to have a baby? I've, I've not known a man. And when we read the Gospels, we know all the stuff that came about with all of that, and Joseph and Mary, and, uh, and, uh, and, and all involved in that betrothal period and stuff. Verse 36, if you're with me, say amen. I'm getting us to a point. I'm being mindful of the time. Verse 36 says, Behold thy cousin Elizabeth. Is she first cousin, second cousin, third cousin? All right, that's the homework assignment. Uh, and, uh, and says, has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. By the way, if you're here today and, and that's uh, something that weighs on your heart, uh, and um, there's nothing impossible with God. And Mary said, verse 38, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. So she is now six months pregnant uh, with John the baptizer, John the Baptist, uh, in the womb. Uh, and uh, Mary, um, just having received uh, news uh, of what was going to take place, uh, and we can, you can take the Gospels and, and do all this uh, figuring out. Uh, so we know that John the Baptist uh, is six months older than Jesus, and that they're cousins, once, twice, thrice, whatever it is. They're cousins, uh, and uh, they were spending time together. Um, I, uh, in preparation for this message, uh, I saw a sermon entitled um, uh, Baby John uh, and Baby Jesus Hung Out Together. And, uh, and so, I, I, so I read the introductions and what he meant. It's like, well, their, their moms were pregnant. They, they, were, they hung out together. Uh, was, uh, was, it was, yeah, it was like a really bad dad joke. Uh, <clears throat> but, but anyways, they hung out together. 
uh, for three months. Uh, the Bible says in verse 56 that Mary abode with her about three months and then returned to her own house. So cousin Elizabeth, Zacharias come in, uh, uh, or excuse me, Mary and Joseph come in over to cousin Elizabeth in Zacharias' house. Uh, she then uh, understands and knows that she is pregnant with John the Baptist. Uh, and so verse number 41. <clears throat> and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped or leapt uh, in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. So we know from earlier on in the chapter, baby John, uh, six-month baby John in utero, <laughs> uh, is, uh, they know his name. They know God's plan for John. Uh, he is filled with the Holy Spirit of God in the womb. Is everybody with me? All right. And so when she comes in and says, hi, the Bible says that baby John jumped uh, in, in the womb. Now, um, also in preparation, I, I, it was a, he was a Bible skeptic or whatever, and he was talking about um, this response that's recorded in the Bible was a response that Elizabeth was, when, when uh, Elizabeth heard Mary's words, the baby leapt, and that Elizabeth uh, associated um, that movement uh, in her womb uh, with, um, uh, you know, the response to that, but it was, that was Elizabeth's response and that, uh, that John um, wasn't responding, all right? So they're really kind of parsing out the words and he's trying to, trying to prove some kind of uh, Bible error or whatever it is. Uh, however, since this time in the Bible, uh, the medical field has grown and uh, there are many people, I mean, I've seen, uh, not seen, uh, but I've heard of, uh, of ladies who put like headphones uh, on their stomach so that, you know, their babies can hear classical music and it's soothing and, you know, they don't have tummy aches. And, I mean, there's a lot of things. So I, uh, people uh, pray, pray in it so that their uh, child in the womb can hear. And, uh, and so there's a lot of things. We know that uh, it is possible scientifically uh, for a, a baby in the womb to hear what is going on uh, out around. Maybe muffled. I don't know. I don't really know. Uh, and uh, not a doctor. Uh, but, um, but it is possible, uh, and uh, scientifically we understand that, the biology of it. So the baby leaped uh, in the womb. Uh, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, 40, verse 42, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Again, no jealousy um, identifies her baby, uh, because she's filled with the Spirit of God, and God is revealing this thing to you. By the way, uh, the Bible is God's revelation to us. And, uh, and another takeaway from this message is that God takes devotion and communion uh, with Him. He, it's a spiritual thing. God doesn't show or reveal uh, things to those who are carnal and lost. Um, John the Baptist is filled with the Spirit in the womb. Elizabeth is filled with the Spirit. Mary, uh, the, who is the mother uh, of our Savior, uh, comes in uh, and, uh, and they're elated uh, and they understand and know uh, about what is going on here because it is a Spirit-revealed thing. Verse 44, For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb, for joy, and blessed 
is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her uh, from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. A spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Uh, and then there are many other things that kind of unfold here uh, in this passage of Scripture. So as Mary and Elizabeth draw near one another, uh, and with them in their wombs two sons uh, who represent the Old Covenant, uh, in one respect, and the new covenant uh, in another, the promises and fulfillment of uh, the prophecy of Jesus, the prophet and the Lord. Uh, and uh, they come into a room uh, and uh, they're hanging out with each other. Uh, and, and John, uh, in one way, leaps with joy uh, because he is in the presence of Jesus. So I thought about that for a little bit, and, uh, and the question came up in my mind, like, who was one of the first people uh, to worship Jesus? And the answer would be uh, John in utero. Uh, in the womb, responds to the presence of his Lord uh, with joy, uh, is what the Bible says. So John is in the womb. He's six months old. He's chosen by God. He is filled with the Holy Ghost. He is named all before he's ever seen sunshine, felt the wind, uh, sip, you know, the fresh air into his lungs, the Bible says he is celebrating with joy in the womb. You say, well, why are you talking about this? Uh, it's a Christmas story. Well, here's why. Um, I can't think of a stronger uh, portrait of personhood in the womb than what we read in Luke chapter number one. Uh, and uh, so it's just, you know, Elizabeth, you know, um, she says, of course, she concludes this whole thing with a, bless, a blessed is she who believed. Now, Luke is a medical doctor. I've, I've referenced that. And, and again, under inspiration, he writes, the baby, the babe, leaped in her womb. So what does the Bible mean by the word babe? So every time we look or we find that word in the book of Luke, remember, Luke is a physician. Uh, and, uh, and also remember that our New Testament wasn't written in English. Uh, there are other words that are translated into English. And it's already 12 o'clock, and so we can't get into this, but I'm going to give you the, kind of the references. You can write them down. Uh, but every time you use it, in Luke 1, 41, it says, When Elizabeth heard the salutation of, of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. In Luke 1, verse number 44, Elizabeth says, The babe, leap, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Uh, it's the same word. Uh, is what in verse 44 that's used in verse 41. It's the same word. Uh, it, this is an unborn, pre-born baby, John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. As you keep reading the book of Luke, in Luke chapter number 2, uh, and in verse number 12, it says, Ye shall find the babe, reference to Jesus, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. In Luke 2, 16, it says, Then went that with haste, they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So the same word used for babe is used for a newborn, Jesus, uh, in a manger, is the same word used as the preborn John the baptizer in his mother's womb. Is everybody with me? It's the same word uh, that is describing a baby in the womb uh, and a baby outside of the womb uh, in a manger. In Luke 18... Verses 15 and 16, when Jesus is grown up, we read uh, that they brought unto him also infants, 
that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked him. Uh, But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children uh, to come unto me and forbid them not, for such is the kingdom of God. So the same word uh, that was used for John the baptizer in Elizabeth's womb is the same word used for Jesus lying in a manger, is the same word used for children brought to Jesus that he can lay his hands upon them and pray over. In Acts chapter number 7 and verse 19, uh, remember Luke is also the author of the book of Acts. He writes Luke uh, and the book of Acts. In Acts 7 verse 19, the Bible says, The same dealt subtly with our kindred and evil entreated our fathers so that they cast out their young children to the end they might not live. Uh, so what that verse was describing was the, uh, the infanticide that occurred uh, while the people in Israel were enslaved uh, in Egypt. The same word uh, in our Bible used for an unborn baby, a newborn baby, uh, and young children is all the same word. Uh, as people bearing uh, the image and likeness of God, uh, every, in Elizabeth's womb, John the Baptist was a human being. Uh, and uh, it, bearing the image and likeness of God and deserving all the dignity and all the value that we ascribe uh, to those in human life. This shows the Word of God in this way. And, and the reason I'm teaching this this morning is because um, I've never heard it taught. Um, we know in the book of Jeremiah that, uh, that God says, Before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee. And as I think about children's programs and all the kids that were here from little up through teenagers, and, uh, and um, I, when I see children, I see potential. I see uh, and pray that God would use them in, in some capacity, maybe not in full-time service uh, uh, as a missionary or whatever, but praise the Lord if He does. And, uh, but, um, but before any of these children that were here today, your children were born, God knew them. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and so this whole idea about uh, you know, life and when life begins uh, is even more, um, it's deeper than, conception uh, because of what the Word of God teaches us. So before John the Baptist was conceived, uh, an angel appeared and says, this is is the whole bio. This is what your son is going to do. And uh, and it's an amazing backstory, if you will, in the Word of God. Elizabeth's baby has a name. Elizabeth's baby is filled with joy and, and leaps in worship. Uh, of, uh, in the presence of Jesus. Uh, Elizabeth's baby is alive. God is the author of life. And, and only he has the right to define when life begins. So contrary to what God declares, there are many cultures. Of course, our country is one of those countries and cultures that, um, that tries to differentiate between an unborn baby and a born baby. Uh, and uh, one gets full civil rights and human rights, the other doesn't. Uh, but it's impossible, absolutely impossible, to read the Bible and not see life in the womb as anything less than a human being. Uh, of course, um, you know, this is an emotional and a um, subject uh, that haunts many people who've experienced, you know, things like abortion or uh, miscarriages and the like. Um, and, uh, and there's love and forgiveness and mercy and healing for those who have committed abortions. Uh, and there's grace and help for those who lose a child uh, and, uh, before uh, the child is born. Uh, and, uh, and we see people who will 
Um, we'll have a, a celebration of life even uh, for a child that they lose early on in a pregnancy. And I think that that is a great thing to do. Um, and, and I don't know the mind of God and, uh, you know, His ways. The Bible says His ways are higher than our ways. Uh, and, uh, and so um, I never try to speculate as to what the plan of God is uh, for someone. But I know this, that nobody, all life comes from God. And nobody, nobody, nobody dies before their time. Uh, the Bible says it's appointed to God um, uh, once to die. So we know that, that God uh, has a plan and a purpose and all of that. See, where are you going at with this? It's 12.06. All right. Um, first, first point. Um, we believe from the word of God that every child is a gift of God and every child uh, in the womb is, is created in the image of God. And I am 100% against abortion for any reason. Uh, and, uh, and we have a wonderful story in here that God has a purpose and plan. Uh, the baby uh, that, uh, that you are going to have in the future, uh, God knows them. Uh, the, the baby that, uh, that you lost uh, during a pregnancy, God knows them. Uh, and God has laid all these things. And it's wonderful to have that perspective. Uh, because one day you'll be in heaven and you'll be able to, to talk to uh, and visit with uh, that child that perhaps uh, you have lost. But here's uh, another thing that I want you to, to understand today. Uh, that if um, in utero, John the Baptist at six months can, can leap with joy and worship his Savior, you can too. <laughs> All right? Uh, if a baby can worship uh, the Lord uh, in the womb, uh, you too, in fat, can worship Jesus uh, our Savior this Christmas season. And so uh, that is uh, a distinction that I wanted you uh, to understand as well today. Uh, but the biggest thing from this passage of Scripture is to know um, that God did so much, both in historically in prophecy. Of course, we believe, and I preached on this uh, last week, that Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus was born He's God taking on the form of a man and went to Calvary and shed his blood so that we can be saved. So Jesus, born in a manger, and all this backstory that we read in here and everything that was involved uh, in uh, the conception, both John the Baptist and Jesus, um, are all miracles that God has placed in his word for us to understand how truly important uh, these events are. So all those 2,000 years ago, and you can think, you know, in fact, one of the persons that I was reading is that Jesus was born in October. Uh, so whether it's October, November, December, whether it's the 25th or the 15th or whatever it is, 2,000 years ago, uh, around that time, um, our Messiah was born to Joseph and Mary. Uh, and, uh, and it was a miraculous virgin birth. And that boy, that baby, um, grew uh, and then went to Calvary 33 and a half years later uh, and shed his blood. He gave his life. His life wasn't taken. He laid his life down and shed his blood so that I can be saved. So Christmas uh, is the story of Jesus and his birth, uh, but culminates in his death. So we celebrate and we, we sing the songs. We have these uh, plays and Programs and next week we'll have our Christmas cantata. All of you are invited. It's in the evening, six o'clock. Please come. 
uh, and uh, is, is a memorial. It reminds us of what Jesus has done. So here, if you're here today uh, and, um, and you struggle with, uh, with you know, pro-life and pro-choice positions and those things, uh, it's clear in the Bible um, that life begins, you know, not just at conception, but there's a part of that even before that uh, in the heart of God. Uh, and, uh, and as a Bible believer, uh, as a child of God, um, that should settle uh, any debate that you would have in your, in your mind. And I'm not a situational ethics person, and so that's why I say it's wrong in, in, all, in all cases. And uh, every child uh, that, is, uh, that comes to this earth is a gift uh, from, from God. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe this passage can help you with that, and there are others. Uh, but maybe this is the first time you've heard a pro-life message from Luke chapter number 1. Um, but hopefully that will help you. Uh, and uh, in, uh, if you are somebody who just has a hard time worshiping, uh, singing, um, raising your hands, saying amen or hallelujah, um, if an unborn child can do it, you can do it too. And then, no, thank you. Uh, and then number three, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your own personal Lord and Savior, um, you know, all, all that he did was for you and for me. Uh, and uh, I got saved, born again, uh, many years ago. Uh, Jesus forgave me of my sins and he saved me. Uh, and he can do that for you today. And I don't believe in chance and circumstance and, you know, all these different things. Uh, um, of course, uh, you know, I knew that you would be here and that there would be guests here and uh, perhaps hearing a message like this for the first, maybe second, third, I don't know how many times you've heard the gospel, uh, but we would be remiss in not giving you an opportunity uh, to accept Christ as your personal Savior. And uh, God became man uh, so that we might be saved. Born in a manger all those years ago. Uh, it's not a manger, but it, you know, chill out. He, was, he came uh, and was born. Uh, that he might die so that you can live. Uh, and, and that's the Christmas story uh, in a nutshell. Let's all stand together this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And